0: and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. On today's episode, we are sitting down with our guest, Chief Brad Reinheimer with the James City County Police Department. Welcome, Chief.
1: Thank you, Ms. Dalman. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Glad to have you. Now, first of all, can you just give us a general overview of the police department? How many officers are there? What divisions do you have?
1: Sure. We have 99 full-time sworn officers right now, We have three different divisions that cover operations, administrative, and support services, which is in the entire department. We have six civilian staff. We also oversee the Colonial Community Corrections, which is a different aspect of what the criminal justice system does.
0: Okay, can you tell us a little bit about what Colonial Community Corrections does?
1: Sure. They do uh, pre-trial services for folks that are waiting trial. Instead of keeping them in jail, uh, they're able to come out and they... Have supervision where they get to interview the folks, make sure they're doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. They also do probation services for nonviolent offenders, typically your misdemeanor cases. Uh, and they do a lot of stuff today dealing with reentry programs, taking people from the jail system back into society.
0: Okay. I have no idea what that loud beep was. I don't either. And I'm
1: sure you're going to edit that out.
0: I don't know if I can, but you know what? We're just going to go with it because this podcast, it's happening in the middle of an office. Things happen. It's
1: the middle of the day.
0: Middle of the day. Things happen. You have 99 sworn officers.
1: 99 full-time sworn. We also have four auxiliary or, or volunteer officers.
0: Okay. In order to be a sworn officer, what do you have to do?
1: Well, to get your certification, you have to complete a regional training academy where we send our officers to the Hampton Roads Regional Justice Training Academy. Um, then you also have to go through a some sort of field training officer period. Um, once that is all completed, I sign off on the form that goes to the Department of Criminal Justice Services, and then you are a certified law enforcement officer in the Commonwealth of Virginia.
0: Okay. So about how long does that take from hire date to you're in the car by yourself patrolling the streets?
1: takes anywhere between six and eight months
0: okay Um, long time so there's a lot of training
1: there is there's a lot of training and the training continues well beyond that Uh, every officer that we have in the department DC requires 40 hours of in-service training every two years but we go way above that very good Uh, we're, we're training all the time it's important to keep up with things
0: very good so you have officers that work in different zones throughout the county Do you also have, is there a Marine presence since we're kind of covered by two rivers on either side?
1: Sure. We have a lot of different specialty units. Okay. Uh, our, Our county is divided up into five police zones, which our patrol officers patrol and respond to calls in. And that is the majority of our officers are in the operations division, which comprises patrol. We also have a lot of other ancillary duties, such as Marine Patrol, SWAT, bike patrol, motors, a lot of different things that we do.
0: Motors? What's motors? Uh,
1: Motorcycles. Oh, okay. Our our Marine Patrol is an important aspect of what we do, Mm -hmm. Uh, but all those other functions that I mentioned are extra assignments. Um, There's no officer permanently assigned to any of those specialty groups. Uh, It's just an extra assignment that they have to complete.
0: Do we have canines?
1: We do not have canines. That's probably the only specialty unit that we do not have.
0: But do we have partnerships with other jurisdictions?
1: Absolutely. And, and we rely on them often. Okay. Uh, either weapon Station, Hampton, Newport News, State Police, uh, they all have canine resources that we, we do call on pretty regularly.
0: Okay. And you also have a school resource officer program. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So we have a school resource unit. Uh, mm-hmm. We have uh, officers assigned to all three of the high schools and the two middle schools that are physically located in the county. Okay. Uh, they're full-time. That's their full-time job. Uh, in the summer, they do bike patrols. You'll see them out a lot in the neighborhoods that feed into the schools that where they serve. And their job there at the schools is multifaceted. They, they do a lot of different things in the schools, from mentoring the students, establishing those relationships with administrators, just dealing with any issues that come up. You know, people talk a lot about personnel and how we allocate resources and mm-hmm. One of the things I always tell people, if I could have one officer make the biggest impact, where would I put that officer? And it would be in the schools.
0: I think that's so important because it also helps to bolster relationships between the officers or the department and the kids.
1: Sure, absolutely. And you know, we see now that kids have already developed their views or, and opinions on, on the police mm-hmm. uh, at a very young age. And that officers in the schools there to either help promote that positive image, right. or change that image if it is not a positive one.
0: I periodically go to high school football games, and there's typically one or two school resource officers at the games, mm-hmm. and it's so nice to see, you know, the students coming up and talking to them, and there's definitely a relationship there.
1: Sure, and then we rely on that relationship for a lot of things. Uh, there's been many instances where we've had something that's occurred either at the school or outside the school, and mm-hmm those relationships that the SROs had with the students is, is often very critical in us resolving those issues.
0: Very good. The uniformed police officers, the sworn officers that are out driving in the zones, what, do we have partnerships? I mean, do they, are they like a partner like you see on TV where it's Starsky and Hutch? That's all I can come <laughs> up with. I showed my age there.
1: No, uh, we do not typically ride uh, two officers in, in, a, in a vehicle. Okay. Uh, you know, as a profession, law enforcement sort of went away from that years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, really to just increase coverage. You know, obviously when you have two people in one car, you mm-hmm. can't cover as much ground or territory as you sure. can if you have one person in one car. So you won't see that. The only time typically that you'd see that if is in the field training officer right. process. Right, right. Uh, where a new officers is assigned to a field training officer. And and we do that just simply to have better coverage. People see the police car. They see the officer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, the more single unit officers we have or cars we have, the more cars we have out there.
0: Another question that we hear quite often, take Mm -hmm. home police cars. Can you talk about that? That's something that James City County provides to their sworn officers. And I know that there are some people that think that that's not a good use of county resources, Can you talk about that?
1: Sure. There are a lot of reasons why they're beneficial for us. One of the big things is just having those vehicles in the neighborhoods. People see the police car, and it provides that little extra level of safety and Mm -hmm. security to the folks that come in the neighborhood or live in that community. Also, today's police officer has so much equipment. Uh, And like I said about the specialty units, so many of our officers are involved in different specialty units that, that require a great deal of equipment. Uh, whether it be the SWAT team, the dive team, Marine Patrol, uh, being able to have that equipment in a vehicle that they have access to and can get to a situation or call quickly is very important for us. If we didn't have vehicles and we needed our SWAT team or we needed our Marine Patrol unit, it's going to take them a whole lot longer to get to the office, get a car, put all the equipment in the car, and get to the scene where time is often a critical factor for us. And it's also a, a good recruitment tool uh, mm-hmm. to attract officers. I mean, it certainly is a benefit uh, for that individual if they have a take-home car. They're driving that car to and from work, to and from the office, as mm-hmm. opposed to driving their own personal vehicle. So there's a lot of advantages to it. Uh, and they also take a lot better care of their car. We've seen that as mm. well. Uh, they take some ownership in it. You know, it's their car. They keep it clean. and They need to keep it clean. They do a good job with that.
0: Okay. On a different track, there's a sheriff's department. In James City County and I think that we have a lot of folks that live in this community that are from other places throughout the country and they're not used to having both the sheriff's department and a police department can you talk about the difference
1: sure and that's probably the most popular question I get uh, doing any type of presentation when I open up for questions at the end people ask what does the sheriff's office do and why do we have two and it's a good question and you know, Virginia is different than a lot of the northern states in that uh, cities and counties are totally independent of each mm-hmm. other. Cities aren't in counties, as you know. Right. And we, as a county, are very unique ourselves in that there are only nine county police departments in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Most are sheriff's offices, okay. like York County, for example, mm-hmm. our next door neighbor. And their sheriff's office handles all the law enforcement functions uh, okay. within the county. James City County is different. James City County Police Department was actually formed in the early 80s and separated from the Sheriff's Office in 1983 to handle all law enforcement. So as a police department, we are the primary law enforcement agency in James City County. The Sheriff's Office, as you mentioned, is a combined Williamsburg and James City County Sheriff's Office. Uh, They handle primarily courtroom security and service of civil process, civil papers throughout the community. A lot of them do have that law enforcement ability and are able to enforce laws across the Commonwealth, and we do rely on them at times to help with situations, uh, but that's not their primary purpose.
0: All right. Now, another question or another rumor that I think that we hear quite often is that police have quotas, and every month you have to give so many speeding tickets. Is that true?
1: No, absolutely not. Uh, That's probably one of the other most popular questions that I receive. We don't have quotas. Okay. Um, you know, we used to use the term productivity for our officers when it came to evaluations or just regular checkups on how they're doing. And we changed that term just to activity. We, you know, okay. we want our officers to be active out there doing their job, which unfortunately at times involves writing traffic tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I wish we never had to worry about traffic safety. I really do. If we could focus all of our time and just being in neighborhoods looking for other issues. That would be great. Unfortunately, we have to try to maintain our roads in a safe manner and that often includes issuing summonses. But no, there is no quota, uh, no magic number that you have to receive to get a toaster oven or or anything like that. Uh, That is not how we operate.
0: All right, well that is good to know and hopefully people will understand that. I've noticed in the media that there has been a lot of activity around thefts out of unlocked vehicles can you talk about that a little bit
1: sure and and that it's it's a regular occurrence it seems every year we have a rash of thefts from vehicles and and I say that because they're not typically they weren't stealing the vehicle or they weren't breaking into the vehicle like people would think they're just walking through neighborhoods and pulling on car doors and doors that are open they're going inside the car and you'd be amazed I think to see what people leave in their vehicles firearms purses money uh, you name it laptop computers ipads phones people just leave them in their cars and leave the doors unlocked so it's a target rich environment Mm -hmm. i would say uh, for folks and that's one of the big things we're trying to get out to everybody please lock your doors lock your car doors and we've seen a, a pretty good increase in that over the past few months as opposed to previous years we're just seeing more of it and you know, lately, we're getting folks that are coming from other jurisdictions and coming up here because it is a target-rich environment for mm. them because it's a safe community. We live right. in a very safe community, and people feel safe, and they're comfortable, and they don't lock their doors. They never did. And it's hard to start doing it when you hadn't been doing it, but we're stressing that to everybody. Please, please, please lock your doors. You know, When you talk about that type of crime and a lot of the crime that occurs in, in our jurisdiction uh, we try to prevent these crimes from happening and you know the old crime prevention triangle that talks about how to prevent crime you mm-hmm. have the desire of the offender which is uh, in, almost impossible for us to change right. their ability to commit the crime which again is almost impossible for us to change The third and only thing that we can affect is opportunity mm-hmm. uh, we need to remove that opportunity and simply locking your car door will go a long way in removing that opportunity and getting these folks to stop coming here and going into our vehicles.
0: Now, what if somebody goes out to their car in the morning and they realize that it has been broken into and or it was unlocked and they stole their purse or something easy? How important is it that they call the police? I mean, they, they may feel like, oh, I should have locked my door. It was silly. I shouldn't have done that. How important is it that they that's, call?
1: That's extremely important for... Okay various reasons one simply trying to catch the offenders you know we'll come out and if there's a, a scene that we can process we will process bullet we'll fingerprints if we can or get any other information that we can but also reporting the items that are stolen mm-hmm. hopefully they have serial numbers uh, so we can track them because a lot of these things end up in pawn shops and other jurisdictions If we don't have that information we're not able to enter it as stolen so they're able to pawn it and there's no repercussion to that if we have that serial number we can get it entered We'll get a report back on at the pawn shop, knows when they try to take something that has been reported stolen. And that really helps us in, in locating the offenders. Cause okay. typically, if it's not the offender, it's somebody they know very well that is there trying to pawn those items.
0: Okay. So, call.
1: Call. Absolutely call. Absolutely call. And, and it also helps us establish a, a trend or a pattern if we see it happening. And what we've been seeing is we get a lot of calls. Uh, in one, one morning, people are going out to their vehicles to go to work, and they notice things are missing or... Uh, So we'll get a lot of calls on it, but definitely call. We need to know about it. We want to know about it. Uh, It will help us.
0: Okay. Is it just limited to cars or has it started to move into houses?
1: Yeah, that's a a good question. And, you know, we've had the car issue for a long time. And more recently now they're also stealing vehicles and, and they're also going into houses. And again, typically it's through open doors. Uh, We encourage people, always lock your doors. Whether you're going to be out for 10 minutes or two days, lock your doors. There's things that we do to try to help you uh, keep your home safe. One is home security surveys. Uh, If you call us, we'll be happy to come out. A certified crime prevention specialist officer will come out, do a home security survey, and give you pointers on how to improve security around your house. If you're going to be gone, if you're going to be out of town for a long time, we do house checks um, okay. and also come by and check on your home while you're away, just to make sure it is safe and secure. But biggest message I want to get out to everybody is lock your doors. Okay. You know that that opportunity is really the only thing we can control. When it comes to preventing crime and that's something we need to work on
0: okay you had said to contact you all for a survey or whatever what number should they call they
1: can call the police non-emergency number
0: okay. 757-253-1800 okay all right very good anything else that you'd like to talk about before we get into some more fun questions
1: one thing i just want to say to everybody is, is be involved be involved in the community and i, I give a lot of different presentations to the community and and teach some classes at our office. And one of the things that I really, truly believe makes our community so great is the involvement from our citizens Mm -hmm. uh, in everything, uh, and especially in the law enforcement aspect. Uh, We want you to be involved, be in a neighborhood watch program, be a part of your HOA, get to know the officers that work your community, but be involved. If you see something, call. Uh, Too many times people after the fact, well, I did notice that was a little strange. Mm Um, But they don't bother calling it in so just be involved in your community whether it's with us uh, any other part of the community just be involved you mentioned the people that Mm -hmm. moved here you know people moved here for a reason it's it's a wonderful community and we want to keep it that way and that citizen involvement is how we keep our community the way it is so be involved
0: all right well i understand you are from pennsylvania how long how long have you been in virginia
1: I've been in Virginia for about twenty-four years. Okay. Born and raised in Northeast Pennsylvania, my entire family's pretty much still there. Um, I went to college for three years and then joined the Navy, and that what got me down here to Norfolk eventually. And I just I love this area. And I after I got out of the military, I got a job as a police officer and been here ever since.
0: Very good. Well. Since you love Pennsylvania almost as much as you love Virginia, we know that you love specifically James City County. Absolutely. I understand you are a bit of a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. I
1: am a Steeler fan,
0: and not I... that Philadelphia Eagles team. No,
1: no. You know, I grew up in the in the '70s, and the Steelers were a, a powerhouse team.
0: I have a Pittsburgh Steelers trivia question I'd like to ask.
1: Okay, bring it.
0: How many trips to the Super Bowl and how many wins?
1: Eight trips to the Super Bowl and six wins.
0: Very good. Very good. Have you gone to any Super Bowl games? I have not. No. Okay.
1: You want to? I've only ever been to one Steelers game. Oh, really? In my life, yes. And oddly enough, that was in San Diego. Oh. When they were playing the Chargers.
0: (laughs) Were you in the Navy? No, I was not.
1: I just happened to be in San Diego.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Well, I understand Pittsburgh Steelers fans are one of a kind. And I've been told that that is one home game that I need to go to at some point. Is Best it,
1: fans in the world. Yeah,
0: that's great. That's what I've heard. Very good. All right, that's enough with the Pittsburgh Steelers for now. But next time, because we are definitely going to have you back, maybe closer to the holiday season where people are out shopping and crime prevention and that triangle you talked about. But before we go, I have a few personal questions, but not too personal. So listeners can get to know you a little bit better, but they're easy. Sure. What is your favorite hobby when you're not doing your police job. What are you doing? That's funny. Yeah. You
1: know, you know my favorite hobby right now is probably cutting grass. Okay. Which, not many people which, can say that. No, not many people can say that, which I don't know if you want me to provide some more explanation on that or not. <laughs> well, it's up to you. I, I, long story short, I, I ended up sort of being the caretaker at a, a golf course that had closed down and i I knew the owner and i I, you know i told him i'd kind of keep an eye on the place and maintain it if he didn't mind me being out there Mm -hmm. golfing and fishing and and things like that and he said well brad of course i'd i'd love that so you know for the past six years or so when i'm not at work typically i'm cutting grass during grass cutting season and I, i i enjoy it i enjoy the the peace and tranquility of just sitting on a lawnmower and cutting a fairway or, or the rough and then when you're done looking back at it and and seeing how great it looks and the yeah. owner actually said that to me he said Bryce, I, I know why you like to do this so much he said in your job you don't get instant results
0: ah uh, yeah you know
1: some of the things i do in my in my job it's long term you know i don't see results instantly cutting grass you do obviously mm-hmm. and when you're done you look back and it's finished uh, so i i enjoy it i enjoy the grass cutting and i, I enjoy playing golf
0: well, I believe that that is the deepest answer we have ever gotten here. That is awesome. You have just set the bar super, super high, you know, for the next person that says, I like to cross-stitch. I mean, you know, I'm going to need more than that. Uh, yeah, so. mine's
1: an interesting, interesting hobby.
0: Very good. What TV show are you into right now when you're not mowing the grass or being police chief.
1: I don't watch a lot of television, really. not cops? Uh, You're not like a big I, no, cops fan? No, I definitely don't watch cops. <laughs> uh, you know, I Because if I'm not at work, I'm at the golf course cutting grass. I, I don't have a lot of free time. Okay. Uh, but I did recently start watching Game of Thrones. Yay. Uh, and I guess I'm a newcomer to it, but I didn't enjoy that this season.
0: Very um, good. Did watched. you watch all the past seasons? I have not seen all the past oh, seasons. Okay. I've
1: seen some hit and miss. Uh, I saw most of this previous the season that just ended I saw most of those um, but over time I've you know been a fan of some other shows the Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. uh, was always one of my favorites and, and still is uh, but I don't I don't get to watch a whole lot of television
0: okay all right what is your favorite ride at Bush Gardens
1: mm. and that's a tough one I used to love the roller coasters yeah. Bush gardens but as I've gotten older, I get I get motion sickness, so I, oh, I can't go okay. on those those fun rides anymore. So sadly to say, my favorite ride now is probably the train.
0: The train, I, very I, nice. I
1: like to just go slow, and <laughs> I love to just watch people and, and see what people are doing. And you know, the train's just quiet, and peaceful, and yeah. The roller coasters are still fun, and they would be my favorite if sure. I could tolerate them, but right. I just can't tolerate them anymore.
0: And well, it's not fun to get sick. It is so. not.
1: It ruins your whole day.
0: <laughs> it really. All right, last question. Pretend that you have house guests coming for a week. What are the maybe top three experiences you would like for them to have in James City County before they head back home?
1: Top three experiences in the county. Well, first, I always take them to the golf course. Of course. Uh, Just because it's a beautiful piece of property. It's 220 acres and there's not a house on it. Uh, So it's very peaceful and Mm -hmm. it's nice. It's a a nice place to visit and, and to see. So we always go there. Uh, and show that off um you know secondly i definitely say bush gardens and Mm -hmm. that's usually a request anytime somebody comes to visit me can we go to bush gardens can we go to bush gardens and then the other thing is always can we go to premium outlets ah yeah uh which i reluctantly take them to uh, (laughs) if i can get away with dropping them off and then picking them back up later i'm good with that yeah Uh, i'm not a big shopper and uh, sometimes the crowds as you know up there are are pretty intense yes Those are probably the three things that we do. But the food, too. I mean, there's a lot of great places to eat out mm-hmm. uh, in the county. And, you know, I'm excited about some of the other things that the county's getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if they're here for one of the Jamestown jams, you know, mm-hmm. we'd go to that or the, the brewery that's opening up yes. down there at the marina. I think it's going to be a great venue. So there, there's a lot of neat things to do in the county. And limiting it to three is, is challenging.
0: To our listeners, I think you can tell that we are a little excited about Billsburg Brewery's opening. I think every guest we have talks about the brewery coming. It's going to be a great addition, I think, to the Jamestown area and the county as a whole.
1: It's a beautiful setting. It's a great location. And I think people that live in that area are really going to embrace that.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's all I have. So thank you so much for coming in and dealing with a few technical difficulties that we had this morning. I
1: understand. It always happens.
0: Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you for listening. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Subscribe on iTunes today, and we'll talk with you next week.